Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's Canine Educator. Hope you're doing very well out there. Just wanted to let you guys know a couple things before we get started here on the podcast today. One thing is, is the Denver May 4th and 5th of 2019 seminar is completely sold out for working spots. We do have audit spots available. If you're interested in coming hanging out with me for the weekend, May 4th and 5th in Denver, Colorado, you can email us at canineeducator at gmail.com, C-A-N-I-N-E educator at gmail.com. Also, I created a Patreon account, which basically means you guys can now support me on Patreon. It's a subscription-based uh, platform. Uh, basically, right now, it's $19.95 for a month just for you guys to support me. Um, I do get a lot of people who ask me, like, hey, man, how can I donate? How can I support you? What can I do? And I've never had anything because I didn't think it was applicable. Um, but I am finding myself to spend pretty much a full-time job doing YouTube, and and by full-time, I mean 40 hours a week doing YouTube editing and doing, of course, podcasting and things like that. So we did create a page because I did get a lot of people asking me for uh, ways to support me and donate money, and so I didn't really have anything until I got like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back today when I got a couple people asking. So I created it. If you guys want to support me monthly, uh, and you guys can cancel at any time, of course, you can certainly do so, and it would be very, very, very much appreciated. And uh, you can find me on Patreon slash Upstate Canine. Very simple. Again, it's nineteen ninety five a month. Uh, you can cancel at any time, and uh, so we created that just because a lot of people are asking how to do so. So thank you guys if you decide to do that, and if not, no worries, of course. So today I want to talk about... Punishment, um, so let me rewind, not punishment, this isn't one of those, oh, you don't, prong callers, you killers, like, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not, that's not what this podcast is about, this is about when to punish your dog, I would say, there's, there's so much to go in depth about this, but I want to talk about, I think specifically when not to punish a dog, because I've been getting a lot of people asking me uh, on social media, and of course my clients, you know, when would you use a prong collar? When would you use punishment? When would you... And in punishment, again, could be just scolding your dog verbally, saying, hey, bad, don't do that. Um, and so we're talking about punishment in general. And so so I had a dog come in uh, from New York City that 
exhibited a lot of, um, let's say, definitely a lot of reactivity and aggression towards other dogs on the leash. Now, this particular dog had worked with some previous trainers, and those previous trainers had suggested and um, decided that they were only going to use positive reinforcement with this dog, and it epically, 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 epically had failed this dog, like many other uh, behavior modification cases that I have that have chosen that route. Um, So, unfortunately, this dog is in a really bad situation. The owners are in a really bad situation, and they're not sure what's going to happen with this dog. And so just to give you an example of when not to correct a dog, specifically physically, I don't care what you're using, harness, gentle leader, halty, prong collar, slip collar, flat collar, whatever. You don't want to physically correct a dog if they're in the state of mind of uh, malicious intentions, I would say. Um, Meaning you don't want to correct a dog if they are actively trying to get to another dog to cause them harm and it's clear. That builds a lot of frustration. It's very, very stimulating for the dog, whether it's a prey-driven malicious intention or it's just a dog that's mean and doesn't like other dogs or... Anyway, it doesn't really matter what the intentions are, why the intentions are happening. It's just those are the intentions. And you don't want to physically correct a dog in that state of mind. I'm going to do a video on this as well, guys. So, uh, I, I, But I also wanted to do it in podcast form because I think it's really beneficial because I get this question a lot. of, And, and I'll talk about the other side of like correcting a dog that's fear-based, which is not good as well. So I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But... This particular dog came in on a harness. Um, He's like 70 pounds, what they called a Victorian bulldog, which is basically like an Amstaff bulldog pit bull looking mix. So you can imagine gigantic head, all muscle, low to the ground, low rider type thing. Super strong, had a severe reactive uh, tendency towards other dogs. And it was interesting having this consultation with with this particular couple And I had told them, I said, hey, you know, the good thing is, is you haven't done anything to correct this dog yet. Nothing. You've never, ever, ever punished this dog. So I think they were a little taken back by that because some people take that offensively sometimes or maybe uh, negatively. And it's not. It's actually kind of exciting for somebody like myself who basically um, you come in and say, hey, my car won't start. And I say, well, did you put gas in it? They said, well, I'm not sure. I'm like, well, this is exciting. Um, because, like I said, they, they chose to work with uh, a purely positive reinforcement trainer after, uh, which is uh, totally fine, except it didn't do anything except make things very, very worse. Um, because they were holding the dog back with uh, a harness and literally revving the dog up and trying to do avoidance training when the dog was in a very high stimulated mind. And, of course, these people are very frustrated. The dog is ultimately dangerous because they have little to no control. And he is a complete solid rock of muscle at the end of the leash just trying to get to anything he possibly can. And so the interesting part to this was, is like I said, I said, well, you guys haven't even corrected this dog or punished the dog at all yet, and you've been working on this for a very long time, and you haven't done anything. And they were like, well, and I said, well, this is good, guys. Don't don't take that in a negative way. This is a, this is a great opportunity for us to get better pretty quick. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, I brought the dog in, and I – because they drove up from New York City, which is about three and a half hours uh, to me. So it was just a consultation. So I wasn't going to work the dog. And I just said, well, hey, hey, I have a fenced-in outdoor area. I want you guys to just bring him before you guys take off so he can get some energy out, go to the bathroom, whatever. They said, okay, great. And uh, I didn't realize how severe the reactivity was. 
until I brought him in. And there was dogs in crates that this dog was just trying to get at. Um, and it was pretty bad. So you have two options when you have a dog that's stimulated. You either remove yourself and avoid the situation and completely just backtrack and get out of there because it's dangerous, which is a really safe bet for most people. <clears throat> it, doesn't, it doesn't help um, the progression of the behavior to get better at all, and it never will because you're removing the dog from the situation, which is basically just sometimes pissing it off because you're taking it out. But uh, it's safer, and you're not really doing any negative, which means you're not really getting worse. You're just staying the same, which is what these guys have been doing and what their trainers have told them to do in the past, which is sad and gut-wrenching. And Oh, boy. So anyway, <clears throat> moving forward. Um, but I did walk the dog in, and I didn't realize how bad it was, and I was just interested to see at what extent this dog would go to get to the other dogs and what would happen if I actually did correct the dog. And so I put the dog in a in a in a predicament because he was so stimulated. He didn't know me. He didn't know where he was. Uh, it was a bad situation. But I did put just a little slip collar on, and I corrected him. And um, so you don't ever want to correct a dog when they're in that state of mind. Now I'm a professional. I specialize and work with these types of dogs, so I could safely do this encounter. An, an initial uh, leash reactive or redirective um, bite from a dog because it's what I've been training to do my whole life. So, and that's what happened is the dog redirected on me. Uh, he grabbed my ankle, let go, kept going after the other dog. And so I, I do have it on film and I am going to put it on YouTube this week. But it is, it, it, and, you know, just to talk about this subject as well in video form, it'll be a lot shorter, but um, the podcast lets me go in more detail. So, you never want to correct a dog when they are so overly stimulated, prey-driven, like, let me at this dog, I want to go, physically. So there's a big difference between a physical correction and any other correction. So you just have to take into consideration how stimulated the dog is and what situation you're in. But that's at a point where you, like, you get a dog that's reactive, and you have to be able to to decipher what the intentions are, which is what takes a lot of skill and practice and... Um, I, I would say just experience in general to just read that many dogs and say, oh, okay, here's the, here's the defining difference between a dog that's serious and a dog that's just talking. And um, so over the years, I've, I've created a knack for, you know, and I knew this dog was pretty serious. So this is one of the more serious dogs we've had in the facility in a long time. And so I was really excited. I get really excited about that stuff. And this particular dog was pretty serious. And like I said, I, I did correct him with the slip collar. He redirected. He grabbed my ankle. He came after me again. He came after me again. I told the owners about four or five times to call their dog. And I think that they were just kind of in like holy crap, what's happening, uh, that they, they just didn't. So the dog just kept coming after me and after me. And, and we have a whole video of all this happening, so it's pretty interesting. Um, and the owners just wouldn't call the dog until I like threw the leash at them and just kind of tried to walk away. Um, and so it was a pretty interesting scenario. It could have been dangerous, but... Um, you know, it wasn't so. And the dog, when he when he bit me, he just latched onto my ankle, which tells you a lot. And so I look at a dog that can probably snap my ankle in half with one bite and didn't. He chose not to. He just was redirecting. So what happens is, is a dog comes in and they're so revved up and revved up and revved up, revved up. And, and basically you poke the bear and then they redirect on you. 
and that's what you don't want to do. So, you, so you have to. So, I guess the defining factor would be you have to determine as a professional: is this dog seriously trying to get to the other dog to hurt them, or is this dog just trying to be bluffing and trying to bark at the other dog? And that's something I can't tell you. I can't talk about it. I have to show you. Um, and so that's going to be up to you, professionals, and you dog owners out there, to decipher what the intentions are of the dog. And that's when you never want to correct a dog. So I've had a lot of, um, I shouldn't say a lot, but I've had some political battles with local rescues and organizations because of their lack of uh, education with dogs and their ignorance about dog training. And I mean that in the, in the most heartfelt way. I'm, I'm not, I'm, it's, it's legitimately true. Um, a lot of these organizations are the, are great and they help and they, um, they save dogs lives, but when they get them, they're also sometimes doing a disservice because to me personally, if you're going to get a dog and save their life, but inevitably uh, euthanize them and put them through hell for two years because you're trying to find the right trainer that you agree with, then you're actually doing more worse than good because the dog is living a year to two years in your care, getting worse and worse and worse until you decide to euthanize them because of your ideology of um, you know, what you feel is good and right for the dog, which sucks. So my point is this, is we have a lot of dog trainers, or I'm sorry, a lot of dog uh uh, fosters and organizations and shelters in the area that are very, very, very one-dimensional. And as you guys know, um, that's that's very deadly to dogs. Um, so these people are loving and caring, and they have a passion for taking care of dogs, but they don't professionally understand them. They don't get them. They got into the industry solely off of their love for dogs, which is a problem because then you think with emotion. You don't think on facts, and you don't think on situational value, um, which sucks. But anyway, um, so you'll get a, a company that um, doesn't agree with equipment and will say, if you get a dog like this and you put tools on it, then things are going to happen bad. But a lot of times is, is they see one person who maybe is not experienced as a professional and puts an e-collar or I'm sorry, a prong collar on a dog and it's, and they correct it and then it fights them. And it's like, well, yeah, that's very obvious. So there's a lot of situations where I definitely wouldn't put physical pressure on a dog because it's dangerous for you and the dog because they're in the wrong state of mind. So you never want to correct a dog when they're in that state of mind where they're malicious uh, their full intentions is to go and kill that thing that's in front of them, um, and you're not going to stop them with a physical correction because it's going to be super dangerous. <clears throat> the other time uh, for you dog owners and for you uh, dog people out there dealing with fear-based or like nervous-based aggression, um, meaning your dog is sitting there nervous and barking at a stranger because they don't know what else to do, you have to be really careful about the amount of pressure physically that you put on the dog because it can make things a lot worse. And this is the defining matter between like the entire balanced dog training community and just being um, irresponsible and inhumane, where you're correcting a fear-based dog that's cowering down and barking at somebody when actually you're going to, you need to build their confidence and you need to do the exact opposite. You need to give the dog positive reinforcement around these behaviors and ignore the barking for a little bit because it'll, it'll go away. And so the dictating factor there is your ability to read the dog's behavior and see exactly what's going on. And I would say it's probably like going into the doctor and seeing on the outside of what is, you know, example like skin irritation or something. You may have a specialist to say, you know, this is the this is the first step or signs of this actually and we should probably take these precautions. And so you want to make sure that when you're when you're judging these dogs that are 
any dog that you're going to physically correct, you want to make sure that the dog is in the right state of mind to handle and to take on that correction and understand that correction fairly. Uh, being very mindful about the dog's state of mind to not put it in a batter or batter, a worse situation. <clears throat> so you just have to be careful about these these things because it is very important. You know, I talk a lot about tools and I talk a lot about punishment because it's my passion to teach people that um, you know ignorance is, is ultimately what's killing a lot of dogs, almost all of them, and uh, lack of education. And so obviously, you guys know me. You're listening to what I have to say. I'm very passionate. Um, I, I literally use tools maybe like two or three times a day. I, I rarely use them on my own dogs. Like it's just something that <laughs> I think a lot of people just think like I that's all I do when in actuality it's literally nothing of what I do I just I also know a lot about tools and um, the proper way to correct people correct dogs and so I'm very passionate about teaching people about the right way to do it um, so anyway um, you just have to be very careful about that because when you see one of my videos of me correcting like a, a really jerk of a dog for being a jerk and it shuts them down and they're like okay sorry and then they're able to overcome things I don't want people to sit there and think that if your dog is sitting on a bed shaking because they're afraid of um, your boyfriend or your girlfriend that you're going to correct your dog physically for that because that's not right so you're not punishing fear-based behavior and you're not punishing a dog that's truly afraid in that state of mind. You may physically correct a dog that's truly afraid but is also being very pushy, meaning like if you watch the video of me in, uh, Oma, or, um, in Nebraska working with the German Shepherd that was both. He was afraid of me but he was actively coming at me to bite me and I corrected him and it was over. But I didn't correct him physically. I corrected him with an e-collar. So there's just so many different things that, that go into it. Um, and I think I just wanted to make this podcast to be really clear that uh, when you see like any of my videos or anybody anybody's videos or you're just wondering the proper way and when, when and where to correct your dog, you have to understand that you never want to correct your dog to <clears throat> put yourself in a situation that you're going to get hurt because the dog's going to redirect on you because you read the dog wrong. And you never want to correct a dog that is actually fear, like really fearful and afraid and timid and, and just out of their mind afraid because then you could put them in a worse state of mind. So you have to be very careful when you make a decision to physically correct a dog because it's, it's very serious to a dog. It's very, I mean, you're really punishing a dog, not in a way that causes them physical pain, but like they take it seriously where they're like, okay, now I'm going to fight you or... If it's a dog on the opposite end of the spectrum, then they're going to go, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? I didn't mean to be afraid. And then you're just making them, you're making it worse. And I think that that's like one of the bit, excuse me, one of the big reasons why a lot of people don't like equipment is because they assume that if you use equipment, that's all you use in, in any situation, which is on the contrary to any really, really uh, true balanced dog trainers um, where, like I said, I always say actually that 97% of the time you're using positive reinforcement only. And then there's just a couple milliseconds where you just pop a dog in a collar really quick and say, no, don't jump, don't bark, don't scream, don't pull. And they get it. And then you're off to the races. But um, I think that there's definitely a, a wrong way to do all of that stuff. But there's also a very, very wrong way to do, um, I guess, positive stuff too in reward-based systems because... So anyway, I'm not here to talk about that today. I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, the idea of making sure that you're really sure about the behavior before you physically correct them because it can do way more harm than good. So... Um, 
that's that for today. I don't want to uh, keep going on all that because you guys know I can get into a bunch of rabbit holes on that. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this. Don't forget, I do have a Patreon account. You can just go to Patreon slash Upstate Canine. You guys can uh, support the cause and support me uh, putting out all this content for free for you guys if you'd like to. Um, and then, of course, you can re- leave a review on my podcast page. And again, uh, Denver, Colorado, May 4th and 5th of 2019 I will be in Denver and you guys can come hang out with me and audit and watch and um, if we have enough people afterwards that want to do some more training and it's nice out I'm, I'm, I'm in my van I'm traveling so we could do that as well and hopefully come out and see you guys and have some beers and have a good time so thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast with me Tom Davis America's canine educator and I will talk to you guys next time peace Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.